Planning for your future isn't rocket science. It's simply a process that involves paying attention and sticking with it. You also need a roadmap, and that's what this audiobook is. Little by little, you'll learn how to figure out what you're starting with and how to estimate what you want to end up with. You'll learn how to choose the kinds of investments that are best suited to your needs and temperament. And you'll learn how to manage your portfolio in the second half of your life. None of this is magic. It just takes commitment. So start today, maybe even right now. Take control of the second half of your life. Dream about it. Wonder about it. Think boldly about what you want. And take the first step, which is usually the hardest. Once you get started, the satisfaction you feel will keep you going. But don't delay in your preparations. The best is yet to come. I have a question for you. How much is enough? It's a tough question. It's essentially the topic of just about every retirement book, article, or seminar. Everyone's trying to figure out how much they'll need, and all the experts are trying to tell you how to do it. So how much will you need? How much does it take? Will you have enough? And how much is enough? Chances are it's more than you think, thanks in part to some good news. We're living longer, for one thing. Today's 50-year-olds are a lot younger than the 50-year-olds of two generations ago. A lot of us will live to be 100, and as a result, what we used to call retirement can last 30 or even 40 years. Not only that, we're healthier and therefore more active. So what we used to call our retirement years are a little more costly, and we have less help from the government. Social Security isn't what it used to be. So while a lot of people think that if they have $300,000 or $400,000 set aside for retirement, they're set for life, they're probably wrong. True, that's a lot of money. Chances are that it's a lot more than your parents had, but in reality, it may not be enough. So how much will it take to sustain the lifestyle you're picturing? There are some dangerous estimates out there. One number that's tossed around is 70% meaning that in retirement you'll need 70% of your current income to live comfortably. That argument seems logical enough. A lot of costs will, after all, go down. If you're not working, you won't commute, you won't have to buy work clothes, and all those work-related expenses will diminish. But do the costs go down enough to justify a 30% reduction in income? I don't think so. A recent national news story mentioned a 58-year-old computer programmer who When he retired, heard about that 70% estimate, but just had a feeling that it wasn't reliable. Instead, he decided that he would need 100% of his pre-retirement income. Yes, he realized there were costs that would go down, 401k contributions, Medicare and Social Security taxes, commuting and other work-related expenses, for example, but he suspected that those savings would be more than offset by a whole laundry list of other expenses medical care, travel, entertainment, and eating out. Many people have the same concerns. There are plenty of medical expenses for even healthy retirees, things that aren't covered by Medicare, prescription drugs, dental care, hearing aids, and eye care. The house and car will still need maintenance, and it's common for retirees to find that they can't or don't want to do as much of the work themselves, which means the added cost of hiring someone else to do the work you used to do yourself. 
and a lot of retiring baby boomers are finding themselves part of the sandwiched generation. Retirement isn't their only financial concern. Aging parents and the kids' college tuition, things that used to be almost mutually exclusive, are concerns as well. When all is said and done, a lot of people are finding that once they've looked carefully at the costs of retirement, the expenses are significant enough to warrant revising their master plan. They're thinking about working longer or investing a little more each month. In short, if retirement has changed, then planning for retirement has to change as well. It's time to revise our assumptions and our plans. It's time for something new. An investing strategy for the second half of your life must take into account the changes we're seeing. It's a strategy that may require a little more involvement than your parents' retirement planning did. And it's a strategy that is admittedly more aggressive than what you'll hear from a lot of the other experts out there. But here's the thing. This is a strategy that can work. It's one I believe in, and it's one that I hope you'll at least consider. It's not complicated. I can sum it up in these six points. 1. Consider yourself an investor. 2. Invest for growth for the rest of your life. 3. Start with the most aggressive asset allocation plan you're comfortable with. 4. Consider using a core and explorer strategy as a basis for the stock portion of your portfolio. 5. After the age of 50, adjust your asset allocation and rebalance your portfolio every five years. 6. Devise a second-half income and expense strategy early on. As you might guess, we'll be talking about all six of these strategies and the steps involved in developing a successful investing strategy for the second half of your life. I'm many things, but I'm not a professional reader. I'm going to hand off the reading, and I'll be back with you at the end of...